Welcome to Community Conversations, a Crime Stoppers podcast discussing the impact that crime has on local communities, what people are doing to stop it and how people can help. In this second special episode of the podcast, we're updating you on the Crime Stoppers Slavery on Your Doorstep campaign and the importance of transport and logistics in fighting modern slavery. I'm Elaine Mitchell-Hill, Business and Human Rights Lead at Marshalls PLC, a leading supplier of construction products and materials here in the UK. And I'm your guest host for today's episode. Today we're discussing the unique role that transport and logistics play in modern slavery and human trafficking, both the positive and the negative. We'll be hearing how two of Marshall's key suppliers have taken our lead on training drivers to be the eyes and ears in the fight against modern slavery. We'll also hear from an expert on why transport and logistics are key to tackling the issues and from Baroness Lola Young, a leading voice in the House of Lords for stronger legislation in this area. But first, to update us on Crime Stoppers Slavery on Your Doorstep campaign, I'm joined by Mick Duthie, Operations Director at Crime Stoppers. Mick, we spoke in our last episode of the podcast about the campaign, but can you give us a quick reminder of what it's about? Crime Stoppers know that criminal gangs move and exploit vulnerable workers. A lot of this is dependent on society's demands. Over the course of the COVID-19 lockdown, we were concerned for the hidden victims of modern slavery. And so when the lockdown restrictions began to lift, we were conscious that victims of modern slavery would become more visible to the general public. Law enforcement insights suggested victims would become more visible across construction, agriculture and logistics. As such, we recognise the public's role in helping spot them so that the necessary support can be provided by specialist agencies and actions can be taken against the criminals involved. We were also aware of the many and significant barriers to reporting crime especially among those who don't want to reveal their identity. This led us to devise a social media campaign, Slavery on Your Doorstep, and it was time to coincide with the modern slavery police intensification period. Our aim was to achieve a spike in anonymous reports, so that would help forces with their investigations. And how has the campaign been going? Have you had a good response? Yeah, Elaine, we're really pleased with what we've seen so far. The Slavery Only Doorstep campaign so far reached nearly two and a half million people. And through searching our databases, we're able to ascertain that through the period of the campaign on modern slavery, we've seen an increase of nearly 22% in people phoning us or submitting online forms. Thanks, Mick. It's great to hear that the campaign has got off to such a good start. In the first of our two special episodes for Crime Stoppers, We talked about how Marshall's drivers are being trained and supported to spot and report the signs of modern slavery, if and when they witness them as they drive around the UK. I know that this has been very successful. Let's turn now to Nigel Basie, Marshall's Transport Director, and Ken Harris, Transport Manager, for an update on progress. Nigel, can you update us on the Power of Logistics initiative and how you're seeking to increase momentum? Well, thanks, Elaine. As you'll recall, we launched the Power of Logistics campaign within Marshall's Logistics a good 18 months ago. And yeah, we did this because as a business, we really wanted to get fully involved and play a part in tackling modern slavery through the vigilance of our drivers. And when we spoke to our drivers, you know, they were really enthusiastic and fully engaged because I think they could really see how their simple actions could make a real difference by helping people who find themselves in a really vulnerable situation. 
And the great thing is, you know, our drivers are really proud that they're making a real difference, being the eyes and the ears out on the streets by simply reporting anything they see suspicious to Crime Stoppers. Someone, you know, then had a great idea of putting the modern day slavery logo and helpline phone number on our delivery vehicles to help raise awareness with the general public. And this in itself was such a simple measure that potentially could make a huge and real difference. So Nigel, that was all some months ago now and things clearly got off to a good start. And I understand that you're working hard to keep the issues fresh in our drivers' minds. How have you done that? To keep the momentum going within Marshalls with our drivers and to tie in with the Slavery on Your Doorstep campaign, we thought it would be really timely to launch a second campaign with our drivers, giving them a quick refresher as to what the telltale signs are in today's society. And so we're in the process of doing just that and doing some briefings with our drivers on some of the key things to look out for. You know, and it's really simple things like someone that looks as though they're being controlled by their boss or being treated almost as a commodity and not the normal employer-employee relationship you'd expect to see. Perhaps seeing someone whose freedom of movement has been restricted that looks odd. Or maybe there's a large group of people waiting on the side of the road that looks suspicious. Or if they come across a building site where there's a really poor working conditions and total disregard for all aspects of health and safety, that's another warning sign. Or coming across people that have a real lack of confidence and look scared and are almost frightened to engage with you. They're all the key warning signs that our drivers are out there looking for. Now, none of this is rocket science, and it's all about being vigilant and using your common sense. And just by raising the profile of modern slavery in today's society with our drivers, I'm absolutely sure marshals will help to make a real difference in abolishing modern day slavery. Ken, what does this initiative mean for drivers on the front line? It means that the drivers uh, are really uh, enthused and feel very much involved. They have all been given the contacts numbers with uh, Crime Stoppers to report anything regarding modern day slavery, human trafficking. And we're also displaying the stickers on the trailers with the same information. Our customer base means that repeat visits with drivers on site for around 30 minutes to an hour interacting with staff on a daily basis. They get to notice things, things that look out of sorts, different faces, odd times for some to be at work, gatherings in groups, Whilst travelling the same routes through villages and towns, this may be all it takes to spot the signs. Marshall's employed drivers are our eyes and ears. That personal touch from our drivers go the extra mile for our customers. A simple gesture of just moving something on the site with the cranes means that we're building our relationships, gaining trust. Someone might just open up, confide or speak out. This way, our drivers know that we're doing things the right way. We're doing things the marshal's way. And again, the drivers feel every part of this. Those were my colleagues, Nigel Basie and Ken Harris, outlining Marshall's Power of Logistics initiative. I'm absolutely clear that collaboration is a key part of combating modern slavery. Working with my colleagues in procurement, we reached out to two of our key suppliers with significant transport operations in the UK, Tarmac and Hansen, to ask if they would consider introducing our Power of Logistics initiative to their own transport and logistic teams. I'm joined now by Sean McGray, Senior Manager National Transport from Tarmac, and Marianne Garfield, Head of Sustainability from Hansen. Sean, can you tell us why this is important for Tarmac? 
Hi, Elaine. Yeah, I mean, as Lee Kay's leading construction material supplier, we feel we've got a really strong position and reach in order to make a difference with the initiatives. Um, and they can have a real positive impact on the communities that we work with nationally. So we just feel that as a large business, we should be leading on these kind of issues. And we already have and have had for some time some real clear processes and procurement processes within our business relating to modern slavery. But I think this is the clear next step to really go get our teams out on the ground, spotting it in the community itself. Uh, and I think everybody has a, has a responsibility to work to eliminate modern slavery, but we can play a really big part. How are drivers now geared up to help in the fight against modern slavery? So we, we've actually made use of the, uh, of the uh, documents and packs and the information that uh, you gave us, Elaine, from uh, Marshall's side of things. Uh, and we've, we've made them into tarmac documents, only really changing the Marshall's name off it. Um, but we can share with our hauliers and colleagues then. And then that's proved to be really helpful in people understanding the principles behind the campaign and, and really informing them because a lot of people don't realise how widespread it is. Um, and having run through the Marshall scheme with you, there seems little point in reinventing the wheel with the materials. So especially when they've been so successful, um, really clear, simple messages, clear process for reporting. Um, and everybody's really seeing it as a real positive and a, and a really easy thing to take on and, and make a real impact. What do you see as the unique role of transport and logistics? I think for us specifically and, and large businesses, we've got, we've got over 2,000 drivers working directly for us on a daily basis and many more passing through our business that will see the information that, you know, posters and things like that every day. So that's a lot of ears and eyes out on the ground spotting potential issues. And obviously, the more of that that we can get, the, the more likely we are to pick these issues up um, and raise awareness and hopefully make it very difficult for the traffickers to continue. Marion, I'm delighted that Hansen has engaged in this collaboration. How have your drivers responding to the training and what do they feel about their role as the eyes and ears on the ground? The drivers are, are, are very open to any sort of training like this in the sense of the material that's been put together in collaboration with, with yourselves and Marshalls, um, it, it's very easy. We've got, you know, the introductory video, which, which really explains very clearly and logically how, how important this topic is. Um, the wallet cards are, are, real, are really good in the sense of um, it's quick and easy that the drivers have any sort of sense of something happening on a, on a site or a customer delivery point um, they've got very easy accessible information that they can that they can use to um, record or get some support if they, if they see anything that they feel isn't right. And was it an easy decision to collaborate? Well yes um, very easy in the sense of um, like I said the simplification of the the materials that were put together um, it, you know it's it's a very uh, important issue in terms of Hansen's sustainability commitment to to the industry um, and also it's it makes good business sense for us to work with you know Marshalls is one of our uh, key key customers um, so it's good to work in collaboration on such an important topic. I'd like to bring in Demi Smoloktu here she's a sustainability professional with over 12 years of experience in industry she's worked in a range of sectors including agriculture construction hospitality food services and fashion. She's also a part-time PhD researcher at the University of Liverpool, 
the School of Histories, Languages and Culture, and part of this Centre for Study of International Slavery. Demi, welcome. Firstly, could you outline for our listeners what we mean by transport and logistics? What does it cover? So when we're talking about transport and logistics, really, it's all about the movement of goods. And when we think about the business side of transport and logistics, it's all the management, the supply chain management of piecing together the movement, the place, the time in order to allow companies and businesses to deliver goods and services where they need to. Can you tell us something um, about the PhD that you're undertaking and your focus upon transport and logistics? My research addresses anti-slavery legislation and implementation, as well as forms of contemporary forced labour as a management practice. Now, what I'm trying to discuss within the research is the vulnerability of the transport and logistics industry to labour exploitation, and whether the modern slavery transparency agenda can help the sector to improve employment standards and working conditions. I'm trying to bring together interdisciplinary perspectives to tackle the relatively neglected topic of modern slavery in transport and logistics that actually is a key facilitator of global trade and international business. Do you feel that transport and logistics has a critical role to play in this space, Demi? As an area of economic activity, logistics were worth an estimated 4 trillion USD in 2015, and that is about 10% of the global GDP. And it's predicted to reach over 7 trillion USD by 2024. So the economics are there. Now, the logistics industry is shaped by the need for speed, flexibility, reliability of the services it provides. However, it is coming under a lot of pressure to adapt to sustainability and responsibility agendas globally. Now, companies, in order to achieve these, are reviewing their operation strategy. They're taking into consideration all the technological investments they can make, location, labor capacity, availability and cost. And clearly, this has become even more relevant due to the impact of COVID-19 to society, economy, but also pushing the industry to its service levels limit due to the exponential rise of e-commerce. If I look into my research from a UK point of view as well, I'm trying to explore whether the modern slavery transparency agenda with, you know, the Modern Slavery Act and all the, the, the relevant implications to industry can improve employment standards, including working conditions in the transport and logistics industry. What is the influence and impact of modern slavery agenda on thinking and practice within the transport and logistics sector? And by that, I mean the businesses who are on the ground delivering the services. Also, trying to identify what would be the most common forms of labor exploitation in warehousing, fulfillment centers and transport, and again, looking at this, you know, in relation to, in relation to agency labour, migrant workers and drivers. Yeah, Demi, you've got so much industry experience. What can and should transport and logistics operations practically do? What can they practically do to combat modern slavery and human trafficking? So, you know, those issues at the um, kind of extreme um, end of the spectrum, if you will. That's a great question, Elaine. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think there is a silver bullet to this. 
But the answer is to start with increasing awareness. And the campaign you have launched is the beginning of that and is the answer of this. So how can we make the problem, the issue, the crisis, if you like, aware to other people? The biggest problem we have in, in, in the industry is that it's hidden. And as in every other, other industry is hidden, but in transport and logistics, it's even more because people don't see everyday transport and logistics as part of their routine. And when we are thinking, you know, of labor exploitation, modern slavery, our mind always goes beyond our, our area. It goes far off from home to develop to developing countries. And actually, this is happening here now in the UK. So I think companies need to start from increasing awareness, but also they need to take action and get into the nitty gritty, which are how can we actually prevent labor exploitation? What are the things that are causing it? So it's a management question then, Elaine, that has to go up to the management of every business to understand do we do something that causes labor exploitation? Are the wages paid properly? Is our sourcing strategy right? And, and Demi, you've described to me before um, the uh, transport and logistics sector as very much like the arteries which connect all sectors and allow us, you know, to uh, to to do business. You know, could you perhaps speak a little from your um, industry experience, um, you know, uh, uh, perhaps some where there are similarities, you know, in terms of transport and log logistics within sectors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and this is exactly the point, Elaine, that transport and logistics is the artery, is the movement of goods. Without it, we would not have products from all over the world moving around. And there is, there is an interesting book from Rose George where she's talking about that 90% of everything we buy is actually moved or transported through either the shipping industry or transport and logistics generically. It has lots of similarities in every industry. Um, it doesn't matter if you're in a food, in the food industry, if you are in, in the clothing or fashion industry you're using the same channels to move your products about from, you know, from inbound logistics to bring the products in country and then to last mile delivery, which is to deliver your products to your customers. So we are all using the same networks, the same companies, the same systems. Of course, some products do have specialistic companies to manage them like chemicals so products that they need special treatment and special handling we're moving them but other than that all the channels we are using are the same and there I think there has to be shed some light into the industry and the industry of transport and logistics need to take responsibility for how are we really managing or tackling modern slavery what I've seen so far is normally the customer, let's say a retailer would or, or a big business that need the service from the transport and logistics companies would ask them to do X, Y, and Z. And because of some contractual terms, because of some code of contacts, 
they will ask the company, the transport and logistic company, to do X, Y, and Z. We haven't seen the industry taking control of that. And this is something I'm really hoping us to push and increase awareness on. We would like to see the big players in the industry to, you know, take responsibility and act upon such a massive topic. Just one final question. So transport and logistics can be tainted by instances of human trafficking, you know, the criminal activity of um, of a minority. So, for example, um, the trafficking of Vietnamese uh, nationals um, into the UK last year, where, um, you know, harrowingly 39 bodies were found in a container lorry in Essex. Um, you know, I wonder if you have any comments to make around that. You know, we've got transport and logistics in terms of moving around goods, but then we have the darker side where, you know, some, you know, a few in terms of criminal activity are involved in, um, yeah, involved in moving people around illegally. Yeah, absolutely, Elaine. And and this is the, the face of the transnational crime, isn't it? Like, if there is something that connects the world, that's transport and logistics. And with it, bad things come as well. And trafficking of human beings is one and smuggling is another and unfortunately there has to be more control from the businesses in terms of what are we actually transferring it's quite interesting that more of the shipping companies for example will not really know what's in the containers they're moving about i know there is lots of action now to to have more controls in place to understand what it is we're moving but as part of, you know, legal and contractual terms and confidentialities and, and privacy, sometimes you don't need to know what it is in the back of the lorry. Um, what I'm hoping really is that all the big businesses that they transport goods, they see this as a high priority and they start doing something about it. They change some procedures, they increase awareness within their own workforce, but Honestly, something needs to happen. It's such a is one of the biggest vulnerabilities of for the industry and and globally, not just in one one country. I'm joined by author, actress, and peer Baroness Young of Hornsey, who became an independent crossbench member of the House of Lords in 2004, where she works on legislation to eliminate modern slavery. She's also the founding co-chair of the all-party parliamentary group on ethics and sustainability in fashion and sport, modern slavery and human rights, and has championed the role of public bodies such as local authorities, NHS and government departments to produce statements on modern slavery in the same way as commercial companies. To explain the steps they are taking to rid their supply chain of forced and exploitative labour, she is also Chancellor of the University of Nottingham. Baroness Young, for our listeners who don't know you, could you please tell them something of your work on the issues of modern slavery and your engagement with the private sector and what a big issue this is? Oh, thank you, Elaine. Yes, I've been working on this subject area for a number of years now. Initially, 
It was to try and introduce legislation to criminalise domestic servitude and forced labour, which now seems, wow, you know, how come that wasn't already criminalised? That was just about 10 years or so ago. So we've come a distance since then, but we've still got a long, long way to go. I was involved in what is now the Modern Slavery Act, but was then the Modern Slavery Bill, which was just before a general election. So we had to do a lot of work very quickly on that, but we were really happy to have been able to persuade the government to set up uh, Section 54, in particular of the Modern Slavery Act, which is about transparency in supply chains. And that sort of from that time, I've been working quite closely on that very specific issue within the Modern Slavery Act and in conjunction with a number of businesses, uh, particularly in the um, fashion and garment industry. And it's one of my interests and I've set up an all-party parliamentary group um, within Parliament called the All-Party Parliamentary Group on Ethics and Sustainability in Fashion. Could you update us and uh, give us your view on the outcome of the review of the Modern Slavery Act? Uh, I was again specifically, although not exclusively, uh, tasked with, with looking at Section 54. And uh, during the course of the review, we spoke to a number of companies from the construction industry, from the food industry, from financial services, right across the piece of the, the range of commercial activity. And um, as some people will be aware, Section 54 of the Modern Slavery Act at the time when it became an act was um, aimed at businesses that had a turnover of 36 million um, uh, pounds or more. They were tasked with then reporting on their activities with regard to checking on their, their supply chains and what was going on there. Now, that, that was a real step forward to have that kind of demand made on businesses. But there were several flaws, I think, within the initial legislation, which was due in part to the fact that we, we did have to do it rather more quickly than, than we would perhaps have liked. It was OK, but not the best it could be. Since the review, I'm very pleased to say that the government has listened to what politicians, parliamentarians, business people themselves have said and intend to um, strengthen it. To, to quite some degree. Could you talk us through some of the specifics of the new proposed legislation? The big thing is that businesses having to report on what they're doing to eliminate forced, exploitative and abusive labour within their supply chains. People were not thinking beyond the agencies and the organisations and the companies with whom they had contact immediately, as it were. So that led to, in my view, sort of this omission actually from the piece of transport and logistics. During some uh, meetings I've had with people from various industries, this idea has kind of just suddenly occurred to people, wait a minute, we haven't really thought that through what it means. And in the act itself, it suggested some key areas that should be covered within um, this report that people were being asked to make. And uh, those areas were things like training, saying uh, what steps you've taken with regard to policy making. There are six different headings to respond to that question. What, what are you actually doing as a company? The review noted that those six headings were at the time discretionary. That is, you could use those headings as a guidance or, or you could totally ignore them. And sadly, some companies totally ignored them, absolutely ignored them. So they would say things like, we have zero tolerance towards modern slavery. And that was their modern statement. 
And so a number of us, including a lot of businesses, thought that that was not adequate. And I'm pleased to say that the government now agrees on that issue and that they will be making those headings mandatory. So um, companies will have to think a lot more carefully about what they actually say um, in, in response to those, those headings. Uh, originally, that part of the Act only applied to uh, commercial companies. That is now going to be extended to the public um, sector. If we're asking commercial companies to report, why shouldn't we be asking public um, sector to report? We've seen various sectors under the spotlight in relation to modern slavery, you know, over the, the past number of months, but actually not much focus on transport and logistics at all. And I just wondered, what do you make of that? And why might the time be right to look at the role of transport and logistics? Again, sort of referring to um, the um, uh, fashion sector, um, in, in all the conversations I've had, this has barely been touched on. And it's almost as if oh, going down that road is, uh, is going to take us into a whole other realm. But transport is absolutely fundamental to all consumer goods. I mean, doesn't that, it's not just fashion. Obviously, it's food, it's, it's washing machines, it's televisions, it's, it's everything. So uh, in a way, it's a really obvious place to start for a number of reasons. Not, not, not only the, the um, issues of how employees are treated, how drivers and people who work in warehouses and so on and so forth, how they're treated, but it's also about the opportunities that exist within that system for um, people smugglers, for people traffickers um, of the most brutal kind, that that system is open to exploitation. And that's something we really need to address rather urgently. Can you perhaps sum up for us in the context of the pandemic and the likely increased vulnerabilities of those already at risk of being trafficked in, into slavery, how you feel that transport and logistics uh, must now respond as a sector? Well, I think I think the thing is that it, it's easy, as it were, to sort of say, well, I can't deal with this issue because there's a pandemic on and we've got enough on our plate without thinking about this particular um, subject. But I think the opposite is true because what we've um, seen very clearly is that the opportunities for people to be exploited is very much magnified by the fact of being in a pandemic. People are desperate. Uh, they're desperate for work. They're desperate for some kind of income. And that, that means that they're more likely to do things which are a little bit more risky. And that makes them more vulnerable to those who wish to exploit them. And all this can be going on uh, within that sector. So I think it's, it's almost doubly important for every business not to take their eye off the ball and to remember that this was a very urgent, very difficult subject which needed to be tackled before the pandemic and that situation hasn't changed now except as I indicated to be maybe a little bit worse. I'm thinking here about, um, about collaboration and about the fact that I'm not sure that we've actually seen enough evidence of collaboration in this space. And uh, I'd be really keen on uh, to hear your views with regards to transport and logistics and the opportunities for collaboration, given that, that uh, it's very much like the arteries, if you will, that connect all sectors. So, yeah, just, could you speak uh, a moment to the role of collaboration? Actually, collaboration is almost like the baseline thing that you have to do. And again, you know, to refer specifically to certain issues that they've been within 
uh, fashion supply chains, that has proved to be the case, um, working together to produce um, uh, guidelines and pledges which say, okay, this is how we want to operate our business. And I think that that kind of collaboration within the transport and logistics area would be really um, important if it's not happening already. But I also think that collaboration across different sectors is also really, really important. So not just the people that are in your supply chain, either sort of upwards or downwards, as it were, but also across different sectors to understand what happens there, because some of these issues are very, very different, but a lot of them are very, very similar. And that working together through, for example, organisations like the um, uh, Global Compact Network for Business and Human Rights and thinking these things through in a much more holistic way, there we could make some real progress. I think I'd also want to add to that sort of working with um, uh, legislators and parliamentarians on, on some of this stuff. Because on one level, I would say that um, not just me, but other people who've been working with various sectors, you, you kind of tend to see the same kinds of businesses represented and the same ones not actually coming along to these sessions. So I think there needs to be much more perhaps awareness raising of the extent to which the um, transport and logistics sector is vulnerable to being exploited by the exploiters. Do you have any words of advice for businesses in these challenging times? There's no reason at all to let up on doing the kinds of things that are really necessary, like making sure you know what's going on in your supply chain, in making sure you know what's going on in every aspect of your, of your business in terms of the, the labour that's being used, making sure you understand uh, the relationship between your company policies and legislation and public policies. That's really important, especially in view of the fact that this is a slightly changing area. And I think more and more will be demanded of business because this problem is, is bad and it's getting worse. What people kind of forget sometimes is what kind of business do you want to be? What are your values as a business? They're, they're not simply about shareholder value. They're about much wider than that. And I'm sure that people are still putting their minds to bear on issues like environmental sustainability. That's really important and indeed is often linked to modern slavery. So that's really important too, to make sure that the values inform your company policies, that they relate to public policy and to legislative and, and regulatory mechanisms. Uh, working with partners, I think that's absolutely critical. And that includes uh, trade unions, it includes potentially NGOs, people with professional expertise in these areas. There's no one person or one division that can do everything on their own. So it's really good to be able to share best practice and sometimes even with competitors to think through how you can work together to improve the situation. Again, it's about how you can work with the businesses that you do the transportation and, and, and logistics for, how you can work with them, because they're all subject to the same regulatory mechanism and, and, and the legislative framework which we now have around this. And as I say, I think it's going to become more robust still. So it'd be really important for companies to be on top of this. I'm extremely grateful to all of my guests for taking part. 
sharing what they know, exploring the unique role that transport and logistics has to play, and for their ongoing work to end modern slavery and human trafficking. I'll be sticking closely to developments within transport and logistics and hope to update you again in the first half of 2021. I'd love as many businesses as possible to join the Power of Logistics initiative. Everything you need is available at no cost. Download it from the Crime Stoppers website or get in touch with me directly by emailing poweroflogistics at marshalls.co.uk. Thank you so much for joining me on this special episode of the Community Conversations podcast. This episode of the Community Conversations podcast on modern slavery was presented by Elaine Mitchell-Hill and produced by Chris Garrington. You can find out more information about the Crime Stoppers Slavery on Your Doorstep campaign on the Crime Stoppers website, where you can also report modern slavery 100% anonymously. Remember, there's also the telephone helpline on 0800 555 111.